Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Community FC. We've got episode two of the roundup review from season two, obviously, as we started the new one. Um, so we're just excited to jump into it. We're going to keep the same format as we did last week. So uh, let me introduce my guest, as always at the moment, Rich. How are you doing, mate? Very good. Thank you, Aidan. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Not too bad at all. So we've got some interesting points to talk through. Um, some of them we're going to be kind of brief and touch on. Some of them we're going to go a little bit more in depth. We'll try and keep it fairly succinct and, and, and quick. Um, so we're going to start um with the relegation battle and uh, by all means let you kick off in this we'll start at the bottom of the table and we'll see where the world takes us yeah I, it's heating up um the is it was it friday night game yeah was it friday yeah that, that was a that was a huge game in terms of a relegation six pointer and we've had uh norwich kind of jumping out the traps there and, and beating mm. beating watford three nil um interesting point on that is that uh dean smith having come to norwich has now seeing the sacking of uh, Rafa and uh, uh, Ranieri. Yeah. So that was uh, take his, take, taking the heads off, off of that one. I'd be, I'd be a little bit worried if I was the next team to play Norwich. Absolutely. And we will, we will <clears> touch <throat> on um, Ranieri later on in the episode as well. But I mean, we said this at the start, right? When, when Dean Smith came in, we were like, that's the most like poison chalice job right now. It's you're going to be going down hundred percent. You know, it's not going to go well for you. And all of a sudden, he has, you know, like he obviously listened to his community FC, took our advice on some of the lone E players and played them a bit more. Um, but he, you know, he, he seems to get in them working and as a team and, and, you know, he's getting draws, he's getting wins and there really seems to be some belief around some of these players and it's just working out so well for them. And, you know, fair play to them. You know, Newcastle, who we're going to touch on as well, also got a win and, and, and that relegation battle is really heating up right now on form. You know, Burnley are looking like their bottom place, but realistically, I think that'll switch around. And if I was going to predict now compared to the end of the season, I would have said it's going to be Watford bottom, then Burnley, and then potentially a Newcastle, a Norwich, or we'll get onto this, maybe even an Everton. What do you think about that? I mean, so if I was a Norwich fan, I wouldn't be getting too carried away. Yeah. Uh, although they, 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 they've obviously got. Uh, two wins on the trot now, which is fantastic. It's a great start, but it was against, you know, and uh, frankly, piss poor Everton. Yeah. And and Watford, um, they've got Palace up next, then they've got City, Liverpool, and then Southampton, um, which is, you know, they've got some big games coming up. Um, and then, then they start to see some of the other, they've got Leeds coming up as well. Um, mm -hmm. But generally it looks like, you know, it could be tough and, and coming into that back end of the season, if I was looking at playing other teams in the in the bottom five or six, I'd be worried because of that that's a real scrap then. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Well, I think Watford are they're in the mire now. You know, I think maybe two months ago, I probably would have thought that they might have just had enough to steer clear of it. Mm -hmm. um, but they they're going to get a new manager bounce. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll, we'll we'll cover that a little bit uh, yeah. later on, but there will be some sort of bounce from. They've got they've got a decent squad, absolutely. Yeah. They're not a terrible squad. Um, Burnley, I am concerned about. I don't think yeah, they have. Too. I don't think they have the have the squad this time to 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 keep them up. Um, and Newcastle as well. I mean, they've got we'll one see. win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see who else they bring in. Yeah, and I, I think that's what makes it so exciting, isn't it? That they that, that it is going to be so close because we were dead set on Norwich being dead last. Yeah, I still think they probably will go down, and I think realistically they probably deserve to go down on the whole way that Norwich kind of go up and then go down again. Um, 
<clears throat> but Burnley, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think they've got the squad for it. I definitely think they've got the manager for it. I really do rate Sean Dyche, and I've said it for years and years and years that he's always going to stay at Burnley one year longer. He keeps signing those contracts, and this is what's going to happen. This is probably going to be the season that breaks it, and then we'll see. Maybe he will switch. Um, but it's it, it's one of those interesting things where I think it's not him. It's probably going to be the the squad. And then, yeah, the, the other ones, it's just going to be a, a really interesting fight. Newcastle, depending on, we'll get, get onto the minute transfers and stuff, that could that could change their, their look around. But it's exciting for neutrals to see the bottom teams. But yeah, you'd be terrified if you are one of those bottom six teams because it generally could be any of them. And, and that's There's not an awful point. lot that separates them, really. And <laughs> the fact that Everton, you know, they're, they're, what, four points clear of the relegation zone. If you're an Everton fan, you're fuming right yeah. now because you'd never expect your your team to be in that position. Um, so and, and they've got a, you know a, on the face of it a, a decent squad. You know, yeah, but just not injured and not side. working, or yeah, injured, exactly. not working. You know, wrong manager? Question mark. Well, and um, no no current manager apart from interim. No current. This is it, and no, nothing nothing set up. I think um, I, I read an article today where the owner was looking at not making a knee-jerk mm-hmm. hiring, trying to find the right person for the job, rather yeah. than, you know, maybe steers them clear of the relegation zone, but sacks them early next season. Yeah, and, and to be fair, um, if you've got someone uh, with the presence and a fear factor of Duncan Ferguson taking over, like they, like I saw a comment um, on, on some social, and I was like, 100% agree. He's like, they might not have won the game, and they didn't play particularly well, but they looked much better than they had done under Rafa for the last weeks. And he will get them going because he just won't take anything. No, exactly. I mean, and they came up against a, you know, a revitalized Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always going to be hard. They've got um, a strong squad now. It was always going to be a little bit of an uphill battle for them. But you never know that, you know, they might see, you know, depending on who comes in, a little bit of a new manager bounce. Um, might see them uh, to, to to get enough clear, but you certainly wouldn't be happy. Um, I think everyone else is probably probably fine. Just about, yeah. Just about, you know. Yeah. You could talk about Leeds and Brentford. Yeah. I, I'd like to say, you know, uh, Brentford. You know, for anyone who's been listening to us ramble on about football for a while now, I said in the very first episode of the Roundup Review that Brentford would get found out, mm-hmm. um, and they have gotten found out now. Um, people understand how they play. Yeah. People understand um, how compact they can be, yeah. and they work around that. They know that Tony is a danger, so don't. Do, but so they, they they work on marking him out the game. And I think that I think Brentford are a bit of a one trick pony, um, and also I think Leeds as well. We might some people might be a little bit surprised to see them where they are mm-hmm. after last season. But again, I think people have worked out how Bielsa runs his team. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I think they'll but, have enough yeah and, and so do I but I think only just I think I think Leeds are going to have an extremely poor season compared to last year and I think Brentford will not finish that far from Leeds but I think I think they have been figured out a little bit but I think they've got such a unison in that squad you can see they really like playing together in the way they do but I also think they've done such wonders early on in the season getting results that they shouldn't have that's where they picked up the points to guarantee their safety in my opinion unless they have an, a, an apocalyptic collapse um, but also the last point I wanted to make quickly before we move on was um, on the Everton Aston Villa game just for the extra salt it had to be a Digne cross didn't it <laughs> it had yep. to be like, and obviously all the yep. agent Rafa videos and everything is hilarious like seeing all of it but I was like but you know he was going to step up that day and he was going to get some points and you know what he he might end up 
been doing really, really well in that in that Villa squad. But anyway, um, we will move on from the bottom of the table to the top of the table. We won't spend too long on this. Um, but I just wanted to talk about obviously your game, um, being a Saints fan. But I, I just want to talk about um the the city streak and, and how that, that happened as well. So um for anyone that didn't know, like um City obviously it was out they they were on a 12 game winning streak, which is you know, they kind of started a little bit slow and then absolutely just took off and looked like the old city that just just destroy everything really don't they they're just absolutely rampant oh, yeah. um, but you know Southampton you can talk about it for a little bit by absolutely all means they they put up an absolute fight yeah well Pep wasn't really reckoning on uh, Ralph's plucky reds uh stepping up and becoming a bit of a wall for him you know we've played them twice this season and uh we, we've drawn both matches and I think mm-hmm. that is uh that is that is fantastic um and and from a from a Saints fan's point of view I think it's really starting to show now that this team is start, has got another gear and it's ready to to kick on a little bit. Um, arguably, could have been two or three nil up mm-hmm. before half time. You know, we're Brozier offside. Um, well, firstly, that Carl Walker Peters goal was fantastic, yeah, really well taken. Um, you know, absolutely love to see it. Um, I think we were compact. I think we we attacked well on the counter. Mm-hmm. We set up to, to take the game to City, which is not something a lot of teams do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the first half, I think we were we were we were given as good as we got. The second half, I think, was a defensive masterclass. You know, we, yes, we conceded the goal. Mm-hmm. Fraser Forster caught in no man's land for that free kick. Um, but to stay resolute when City were knocking on the door, hammering on the door for uh, for for the entire second half. Uh, was a great performance um, from Southampton, um, but it also for the for the for the neutrals it it makes things a bit more excited. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, good and, and makes yeah. things more exciting for for the league because yeah yes yeah, City are so far ahead still. Yeah. Um, you know and yeah I know Liverpool have got a game in hand, um, but they are uh, that that kind of maybe arrested them a little bit. I, I would be worried if I was playing City next though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think the way the way Pep works, that's always going to be a thing. I think you know he said in his interview, which you're always going to say, aren't you, if you're in that position? Like, you know, we're going to drop points at some point. It's going to happen, but that is slightly bitter uh, from the result. But also, I think you know there is some truth in it. And the same as Klopp being like, well, absolutely, we're not back in the title race just yet, even though they are the closest competitor because they're so far behind. But I just think you know well done to Southampton for putting the brakes on it does make it slightly better for neutrals because it is becoming closer but let's not blow it out of proportion um but I was just gonna say on, on the on the defense of the second half like it, it takes a lot to frustrate KDB the way that you did like De Bruyne was absolutely fuming and like he was complaining to the lino on the corner flag the whole time about getting kicked and challenges and decisions that shouldn't have gone their should have gone their way and it, that just proves that you were rattling them and they were trying everything and it just wasn't working. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the pictures of Romeo and Grealish. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is the thing, and at some point, I'll kind of hijack this a little bit, but at some point in the last couple of years since Ralph take, Ralph took over. Mm-hmm we developed a bit of a nasty streak and I mm-hmm. think we needed that. Uh, we were always too, too good before, too polite, too nice. And we now we, we have the ability to get in and rattle teams, to rattle players. And when you're rattling players with the quality of Grealish yeah. and De Bruyne, um, you know, you're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And th- these guys, they, well, they know people are going to try and rattle them, but they keep their game above that. Yeah. Because um, they you know, can and they generally get the goal. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, you know, Mohamed Salasu, 
starting to look like a really, really shrewd investment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, arguably his best performance in a Saints shirt uh, on Saturday. Um, and really, you know, kept De Bruyne in his back pocket for a lot of it. He yeah. didn't get a lot of space, didn't get a lot of turn. Um, but yeah, I, I won't uh, hijack this into a, into a Saints talk, but <laughs> no, well, result. yeah, absolutely. But I wanted, I wanted you to have a chat about it as, as being your team as well, because it was part of the point as well. But yeah, you know, we, we should very much say well done Southampton, but we just want to point out that, you know, there is something fun to take from the neutrals in the result. But also I think, you know, let's keep it realistic. They are still what nine points ahead, even though Liverpool have a game in hand. So it's, you know, it's something just to be wary of, but it's a great result for, for the Saints. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about some more of their, uh, of that game in a little bit later on in a section but the next thing i want to jump to um or oh, sorry is it, we will just discuss the saints we actually we can pick up there um looking at my notes we're going to talk about um just var and, and ref decisions in general like we, we talk about it a lot we're not going to spend too long we're just going to talk about very specific decisions we're going to do a, a special at some point on on var uh and how that's done but i think we'll start at yours um game and then we'll go on to a few because there was a few very questionable decisions this weekend um uh, that i think lots of them were very wrong um and, and and clearly and obviously wrong, and that's the point of VAR, isn't it? So we'll start with yours because there was what two two um, incidents in this one, which was obviously the the City pen shout, which I think was Romeo, if I'm correct. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I can't remember the challenge. I think it was that actually is yeah, the yeah. last person to touch um, De Bruyne in the box. Yep. I don't know what your thought was on that one. Is he going down early when they slowed it down, or I think the the problem is I think if. As a Saints fan, I'm always going to be a little bit biased to this, but um, I do think that there's one angle which shows that there isn't a lot of contact at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that quite rightly so. I don't think that's a penalty. Yeah, uh, I do think it goes down quite easy as well. Yeah, and, and I do. I, I, I think you could argue it, it could be a pen on certain things. I think from the angles, it's really hard because it's not only the challenge because it's Romeo's like leg at the bottom, but he's also half off balance and his chest turned um, mm. because he's been jostled by another player. So it's those things together at full speed. I can understand why that was, but I think I, I, I'm hesitant. I'm, I'm more leaning towards that it, it shouldn't be and he is going down a little bit too much and being mm. frustrated and looking for it. Um but the, the next incident, I'm, I'm very curious to see what your thought was. So this was um, not a goal. This was um, Armstrong's challenge. Um, and and it was kind of looked at and called by VAR to see if it should have been more than a yellow card, which was given. What are your thoughts on that? So I I, don't, I think it was the right call on mm-hmm. the day. I think that um, it it didn't have the, the malice or the intent for a red card for me. It was... It was a glancing blow. Um, you could see him kind of move his foot back, and I think it, when you when you see it, see the replays on VAR, you can see that he's 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 making an attempt to stop the stamp. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, if it was more of a, a, a kind of forceful motion, yeah. If it was uh, if it was a more you know a kick out, I think that would have been a red card without mm-hmm. a doubt. Um, but I think because the it was a, a kind of glancing off i don't think it had and it was high like don't get me wrong yeah it has to be a yellow card i think the height is for me almost saves him because yeah because do you, do you know what i mean because it's almost he like rakes down the leg a little bit on the calf and then is the ankle stamp i think as you're saying 
I'm I'm saying it could have been a red card like that that you could have seen them gone both ways is going to be my stance on that one but the fact that you don't normally say that when it's higher it may have benefited him but because it's not a full as you said like a stamp on the ankle to like break an ankle that's an obvious one but it's almost a rake it does catch him but he is ever he is trying to lift off a little bit so it's not like a he's gone forcefully yeah. into that ankle so I think that's what saves him um, yeah I mean I think sure if, if that happened against Southampton I'd be fuming yeah, of course you would. Um, but, uh, but I'm sure I've seen that sort of thing happen. You know, yeah. I remember a couple of seasons ago, uh, Danny Ings' shirt got ripped on his back where someone's studs come across. Yeah. And that was his yellow card. You know, unfortunately, these things happen. I don't think the intent was there. Yeah. You know, it wasn't malicious. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't particular. you know, yeah, it, you know, and I think Laporte hamming it up a little bit, putting it on his Twitter or whatever. Yeah, any cut looks bad if you let it bleed. Do you know what I mean? Uh, abs- you know, well, absolutely. Like, I'm not trying to divert it to my team and talk about my team as well but obviously Diego Dallo got a cut on his ankle um, a couple of weeks ago and he posted afterwards on Twitter he, he played on he had a really, like, I don't understand how he played on actually he had a massive deep gash in his ankle and it just bled everywhere but it's like it's one of those things where it was just that that happens in football and I, I do think yeah it was a reckless challenge it's, it's definitely it's a, definitely a strong yellow some refs it would have gone to a red but it's not like as you said he's not maliciously trying to instantly hit someone in the ankle on purpose it's a it's a rake and it's a you know yeah. then it goes into it um but we'll move on. So I, uh, the next we've got to talk about, um, unless you've got any others you can think of, I've just got on my list, the two penalty shouts from two different games. Um, so yeah. we'll start off with the Jota one for, for the Liverpool I mean, game. Shocking. Yeah, I think I don't think we need to say our shocking. opinions. It's clearly not a penalty, right? Yeah, absolutely shocking. Um, yeah, I don't really know what's gone through the ref's head. See, this is the kind of, this is the kind of thing that happens that makes me think that there's that there's some sort of cabal that's running mm-hmm. the PGMOL because how <laughs> in the hell yeah. is that a penalty? Like when when every single commentator, and I've seen it on multiple channels that were broadcasting it, when all of them are saying, well, the keepers just come and it's a coming together. It's so obvious it's a coming together that it's like anybody that's played the game or watched the game for a long time can easily see that it's just a coming together and there's nothing in, in it at all. The, the bottom line is, did... Diego Jota have control of the ball at the time no. that he made the connection. No, the ball had gone out of bloody play by that yeah. point. It's and ridiculous. It's, it, it's like the the slowest slow mo of two people coming together as well. It's not even like it's at four. Yeah. It's literally like they're both sliding a tiny bit, half trying to pull out and then just like touch each other. And and so I think it's ridiculous. And you know, Fabinho dispatched it as he has done all, all season for Liverpool. I saw a lot of people questioning why he's taking them. He, he takes a lot of pens for for, yeah. for Liverpool and he's good at it. So you know, you can't blame him for scoring the goal. If he's given the opportunity, that's what you're going to do. But the decision's absolutely ludicrous. I think that's the most clear and obvious one you'll see all weekend. That exactly why VAR has been brought in to overrule stupidity like that. Yeah. And absolutely. then the last one uh, that we're going to talk about, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I probably know your opinion. We actually haven't discussed this one, so I'm interested here. So we'll start with you again. But it was obviously the Kane um, versus Thiago Silva. So Kane is kind of through, puts his hand on the back of um, Thiago Silva. And it, is it a shove? Is it not? You can tell me in a minute and then I'll, I'll, I'll discuss my thoughts. Uh, and then puts the ball away. Great finish from Kane. And um, it was, you know, said that he pushed Silver. So what's your thoughts on that one? Um, Silver just went down, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, it was all, <laughs> it was shocking. I think um, wait, after Silver scored, he got pushed harder. I li- yeah. In the I, celebration. Yeah, yeah. Did you put that in the yeah, group chat? Yeah, I put that in the group chat. I was like, I was like yeah. Aspilicueta has pushed... Silver harder for the celebration than Kane did for the challenge. Oh yeah, yeah I mean, 
yeah, that's absolutely shocking. And and the the, the commentators again have ne- have put the put the nail on the head on this one. He's using all of his experience, and he's gone. I'm 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 off footed here. I've got I can, I can feel the hand in the back. I'm taking a risk here, but I'm so experienced. They're gonna give it to me. And he went down. And for me. Yes, there's a hand in the back. That does not mean, you know, you're shielding as a striker. You're shielding yeah. people off. There's not enough. There is a push and it is a push, but there's no, there's nowhere near and that the amount of force to knock Thiago Silva full on his face like that. I'm sorry. That's a bad decision. And it's ridiculous. And then in the bloody uh, United game, Kurt Zuma does the exact same thing to Ronaldo in yeah. the box. Does Ronaldo get a penalty? Nah. No, because there's no bloody consistency yeah, yeah. in refereeing at the moment. And and that is, you know, as you said, this is a topic, and I've asked you many times, can we do this topic? Because yeah, I've can. got so much to talk about on VAR, but this is one of the biggest problems is consistency. Yeah, and I, I didn't even, like when watching the match, I didn't even really think much of the Zuma-Ronaldo one. I was like, okay, fair enough, they're, they're going to look at it, but nothing's going to happen. And it was like cleared up in like five seconds. They're like, no, move on. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's only when you compare the two games. And absolutely, I, and I watched yeah, match yeah. today yesterday, and I saw the two games, and I said, "Hang on a minute, that's the same. That's exactly the same challenge. Yeah, yeah. exactly the same push, and two yeah. completely different." And I just think also for Spurs, <clears throat> I, I'm slightly bitter because I had Harry Kane vice captain, and when Salah's not there, that'd have been juicy uh, fantasy league points for me. But I just think it would have changed the face of the game a little bit because they played Spurs. Chelsea played Spurs four times a season. If I'm not wrong, I think I'm not wrong, and they haven't conceded a goal. And it's like, so yeah. it just followed the same pattern and it was the same thing. Speaking of VAR, I don't know why I didn't even think about this. I, I want to put this out there for the fans as well. Um, I obviously, it's my team. I don't know why I didn't. Obviously, the last minute goal from, from Rashford, which, you know, was jubilation for me on the weekend, there was a, a VAR call over this one. Now, the problem I have with this uh, and the social media as well, right? People make their own lines on the VAR and put stuff to it. So... You've seen, I mean, you've seen it again. We haven't discussed this one. What do you think about that decision for Cavani? Well, this is the thing because uh, was it Gary Neville mm-hmm. uh, tweeted out a picture where he'd put the line in? Yeah, <sighs> thing is, though, this is the lines on the this is what everybody says, right? The lines on the grass is what you need to look at, not the line of the pitch. Like I saw, there was an extremely salty um West Ham fan who basically got the got the line from the the six yard box and put it next to them. But I was like, but that's not how it's judged. It's on the grass and where it is. So if you actually look at the official VAR one, Cavani's clearly onside. And I do mean clearly onside um, because, and everyone's like, but it's his hand. But I'm like, yeah, but you can't score with your hand. And that's the point. Like here, the whole, his body and his feet and everything like that is absolutely fine. But it's where the lines are drawn by other people that you see it and you think, oh my God, that's definitely off, but it's not, it's onside. Yeah, I mean, look, we're gonna we're gonna jump down a rabbit hole yeah. about this. So, I mean, we should move on. But there will be a there will be a full yeah, absolutely full conversation a full piece. Going. A full episode. We'll get we'll get Jamie and Steven. Yeah, it's just gonna uh, be a rant session. Yeah, yeah, we're just gonna rant. We're gonna bring up. Absolutely. You know, maybe it'd be interesting to do a kind of uh, get a couple of a couple of us to do a, a pro VAR stance. <laughs> Yeah, do it yeah, like yeah. an old school uh, bet yeah, debate yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move on from that. Um, <clears throat> one thing I just want to say quickly is, you know, as, as a, my podcast and my team, I do just want to say, you know, good on Rashford getting a goal there. And also, fun fact for you, I didn't think this was quite an interesting one as well, the last and then we'll move on. Um, Rashford is now um, the easy, the joint or outright, I can't remember which one it is, most goals from Manchester United in 90 plus minutes. He's got four. I thought it'd be higher oh, wow. than that. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, um, we move on. Um, 
so we're going to move on to transfers. We're not going to spend a huge amount of time on this tool. Uh, we just want to talk about a few transfer rumours, um, some of them pretty much confirmed by some sources. Um, so we're going to start with Newcastle, um, as, as we have done most of the time, and I think every transfer has kind of been based around it. So I have seen three, I think, transfers this uh, today even that seem to be there's something in it, something not. So the first one... Um, is that they had um, Diego Carlos from Sevilla look like it was going to happen. Fabrizio Romano's kind of said, nah, it's not happening about 20 minutes ago. So I, uh, from recording this, so I, I would say if he's saying that, we, we pretty much take uh, Fabrizio's Bible around here and um, yeah, what he says goes. So I don't think that's going to go on. Um, the other yeah, I've, two just, are... I've just seen also, just on that, that yeah. Sevilla have offered him a new deal, which matches yeah. the offer that uh, Newcastle would have paid anyway. So probably so. trying to stay using it for a bit of a, a deal booster, which lots of clubs do when they try and do a bigger name. Um, and the interesting one, they're looking for an attacking midfielder. So obviously they, they looked at Van der Beek. I still think there's rumours going on there. But apparently now the two linked today from two different places are Lingard and Deli Alley. You know, both of them totally could go, you know, especially Lingard. He's looking at Lingard, I think, wants to do a loan if he goes to Newcastle is what I've heard, because then he's he can go there, get some more football, improve himself. But then when he's a free agent, he could jump back to the Hammers if he wanted to or whoever else and then get a big signing on fee. So that's quite smart from him if that's the case. Deli Ali, I could also see it, you know, not not wanted at Spurs and, you know, has yeah. taken a bit of a a downtrend in the last few years. And, and, and it seems to be a lot of stuff happening off the pitch that's affecting him on the pitch. So... Could be one of them. Um, I know you've you've seen some other rumours. Um, yeah, so I mean, I so I just have a general point actually mm-hmm. to talk about yeah. with Newcastle, um, and it's been it's been f- quite funny because as soon as someone has a fairly decent game, all mm-hmm. of a sudden Newcastle linked to them. Yeah. So after the after the uh, the Wolves game, uh, um, James Will Prowse scored that free kick. The amount of rumours saying that Newcastle yeah. were looking at James Will Prowse. You know, after the City game, Salasu had an absolutely amazing game. The amount of rumours that Newcastle have approached Southampton yeah. and are negotiating, obviously, absolute lie. I think I'm um, just slightly numb to it because as a United fan, it happens every player you can possibly imagine. They use us for boost contracts all the time. But also, every time we play a club and that person has a good game, instantly it's, oh, yeah, they're joining United in the summer. It's like, no, they're yeah. not. I mean, uh, it, honestly, it's like they've got a shopping list, but the shopping yeah. list is... Is far out of their league. Absolutely. Uh, and, and what you're seeing is you're seeing Newcastle linked to this player, and then suddenly then you'll hear another thing being like, yeah, this player's never going to go to Newcastle. Yeah. This player doesn't, you know, doesn't easy, see Newcastle. Easy two stories from a newspaper is the problem. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? and this yeah. is the real problem with uh, journalism yeah. in football at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's just a little bit laughable. Whenever I see that there are um, Newcastle are, are looking at a player. Yeah. I, you know, have a little bit of a chuckle because a lot of the time they're going for players that are well out of their league. Well, as, as we said, the problem is their recruitment policy seems to be let's throw a huge fishing net and cast as wide as possible rather than these are the people we've actually want to sign apart from potentially Trippier. And then yeah. and it's just not going to happen for them and they're going to pay away over the price if they can actually get people to join or not. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, you said that you said a few Saints rumours to me earlier. So what's been happening there? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the most recent one actually is uh, Saints are may be interested in Delhi Alley. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I feel about that? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. I, there's, there's a player there, let's be honest. You know, Absolutely. He's a great yeah, player. Yeah. Uh, and I think one thing Ralph is good at is man management. And if there's mm-hmm. one player that needs a bit of man management, it's Delhi Alley. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I have no doubts if he did come here. I, 
the thing is, it's his wages are the stumbling block because yeah. we wouldn't be prepared to pay for his entire wages. Well, um, and interestingly, I don't know if you know this as an off-topic thing, just from um, my professional life as uh, what I do in the, in the kind of the video games industry. Deli Ali actually um, is partnered with XL Esports, who are based in Twickenham, so he won't want to be moving that far. So that's yeah. another thing to looking at those clubs where that could be yeah. a, a you know slightly closer to home as well. But I think he's had that where he's been interested in that and in very heavily in that esports side of things. But I think there must be some other stuff going off the pitch because he has not looked the player he has. But but when he has, uh, there was a game I can't remember who it was against, and he had so many good opportunities. Um, and and he looked like that spark of of Ali like we're used to. Um, but I just think he needs to get back to that. And if you can, you've got a hell of a player on on your on your team. But if not. Yeah, it's a big wage bill to foot yeah. for not much. Um, the other thing is the, the whole Brozier mm-hmm. thing. I think now we've got uh, rumours that other clubs are looking and are preparing to make a bid in the summer. I think, and West Ham being one of them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm nervous because I think if we don't get something wrapped up in January, yeah, I don't think... I don't want it to the, the, bidding. The, yeah. the, the only thing I can think of that works in our favour is that if we say to Chelsea, look, you can, we'll give you the buyback clause. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. A, a team like West Ham probably isn't going to no. put a buyback clause in. Yeah. Uh, we know Brozier has got bags of potential. Um, you know, and there's, there's, conf- there's conflicting bits of information coming out here. You know, Tuchel's saying he wants to see Brozier in preseason before, uh, before he makes any decisions, but Tuchel's not really in charge of those decisions. Yep. Um, you know, if uh, if Fabramovic and uh, Mariana, whatever her name is, is uh, w- wants to make the sale, then the sale will be made. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to see that happen. Yeah. Um, th- this in January because I think that would just take a lot of a lot of pressure. Yeah, off. definitely. Um, yeah. But whether that does happen, I, you know. Who yeah. knows? We, we'll see. And, and I think it's one of them where um, we talked about this last week, so I don't need to talk uh, about that again, but we think it's a smart way for them to do the business with the buyback clause, but also um, he's settled in that team, he's scoring goals and he's working well there, so why would you change it if there's still a potential to go to Chelsea later on or a bigger club? So, you know, there's that one. Um, and the last thing I really had to, to say, I mean, there's obviously there's, there's tons of rumours everywhere, but this week's been particularly quiet. The only other one was that obviously pretty much confirmed by Fabrizio Romano as well. And I don't know if the picture's real. I think it is. Is of um, Anthony Martial talking about Sevilla. Um, he has signed there and they're going to pay his full wages. He signed on a loan. I think it's good for everyone, even though he was involved in the 90th minute winner. He doesn't want to be there anymore. Um, you know, the whole Ragnick thing of him not wanting to go in the squad, he went to social and said that he wasn't. I think it probably is true with him. He He's either world-class and showing up to his, what his potential for United was. Everyone forgets that. it was It's 53 million or 54 million, but that was with winning everything. It was like winning the Ballon d'Or and all that kind of stuff because he had crazy potential, right? And he's shown it over the years when he wants to, even against Saints, you know, he's done it to you before as well. I know, he, you know, that you have bad memories of that. But when he wants to do it, he... um he, he really can and he he, he is a, you know really really special talent but when he can't be asked and that's quite a lot of the time it really shows in his body language especially and then he hasn't been in the French squad and all this kind of stuff's happening so I think it's probably a good break from everyone where he goes on loan and then we maybe try to sell him if he does well and I think that's the point we're trying to get him to play some football score a lot of goals and then try and shift him for a fee rather than he sits on the bench does nothing and then we get a much lower fee for him in the summer 
anyway, we'll move on. So the last topic um, we kind of alluded to earlier, but I think there's a, a, a couple of points to make on it is obviously, yes, again, last week, second episode in, last point of the agenda, we've had another manager sack to the Premier League. Yeah, as you said, we've alluded to it earlier. Ranieri out. Um, three months? Yeah, not long at all. I mean, you don't want to see it, really, do you? Like, you know, give it, give it a bit. I know, you know, the thing is, I don't even think I would say that Watford were potentially in the worst position. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do, I do think they've got, a, they've got a decent squad in there, and uh, I don't know. I just feel like, um, how many players they got at Afcon? Excuse me. Um, Some of the most influential, three. right? Yeah, they've got Truce de Kong, right? Um. Ismaili yeah. Saar. And Dennis didn't and then, go, I don't think. Dennis didn't go, no. But they've got <coughs> some, me. they've got some, you know, some key players at AFCON. I'd have at least waited for that to finish before. Because Ranieri's a good manager. You can't and deny it. This this is my point as well. Like, <clears throat> the issue I have with Watford, and I understand, right, I understand their plan. Because Watford have had incredible amounts of success. And we've talked about this before. They're the only club <clears throat> that had have success where they get that instant uh, transition from the manager to winning ways. And because they do so many sackings, they've seen that trend. It's a bit like um, Brentford with the whole money ball thing. It wouldn't work at another club, but it works at Watford. The issue I have um, is that they're, they're chunking through so many managers and I actually really like Ranieri. The problem is, if they're on a downwards trend, he came in and had a couple of positive games, a couple of wins, a couple of draws um, early, and then it's just been like loss, 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 loss. But he said they're missing players. They have had some injuries and stuff. But if you're preparing for life in the championship, potentially too, I know that's not what they're going to be thinking from their board level, but if you're realistic about it, Ranieri would be a great guy to rebuild a squad under if you wanted to believe him from for a year and come back with a, a stronger Ranieri squad in potentially a year's time on the bounce back. Because I think they could if they had some investment as well in the squad. And then they could maybe try and stay in the Premier League for another couple of seasons before they go back down again. But as you said, they, they haven't done that. They've decided to go against it. And, and the problem is, I just think there's going to be so many Watford fans which are just so pissed off at the moment because they might have been like, Ranieri's going to do good as well, but they might have the opposite thing and they might be used to their, the way their board reacts now and fires fires and hires and fires and hires. But I just don't think it's it's sustainable. And, who and you know, the problem is, you know, who, who are they going to get to replace them? Are they going to be anything like them? You know, the rumours at the moment uh, we've, we've seen kind of linked earlier today, seems to be ramping up a bit, is Roy Hodgson. Can I just, confirm. I can confirm he has been appointed. Oh, literally. While we've been talking, he has been appointed. So yeah, he has I, been appointed. I can adjust slightly to what I was going to say. To definitely, if he if he joins, problem I have with Roy Hodgson is yes, he's great at relegation battles. Not going to not say he's not. I give him credit where credit's due. Problem is he plays boring football that the fans hate that everybody else hates watching in the Premier League. Just look at the Palace fans and see how they've reacted when they've had Vieira to Hodgson. And I just think I personally would have given Ranieri a chance to turn it round and then built for life of them. Hodgson, is he really going to try and after retiring? And that was probably it. He's 73, I think. And it's just 74. Like, like Oldest ever around. Premier League manager. Like he's not going to do a season in the championship and then try and take him back no. up. It's not a long-term so, plan, is it? It's a Sam Allardyce fix, isn't it? Yeah. So so the, the deal is to the end of the season and then all parties will there assess at that point. So... Um, you know, I mean, look, he's he's a safe pair of hands, isn't he? He knows football. He's you know he's got a forty-five year mm-hmm. management career. 
22 clubs. You know, I guess he'll do the job. It's not the inspiring signing that I think a lot of Watford fans would have thought. Um, You know, I I do think that Ranieri would have come good Mm -hmm. in the end. You know, especially if Watford do go down. I think, you know, if they'd have managed to keep, keep hold of Ranieri, I think they would have bounced back up because they have got a decent squad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I spoke to my to my my old boss, um, who's a Watford fan. You know, and and the 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 sentiment is just like, I mean, it is what it is, isn't it? That's just yeah. Watford now. Um, which is, you know, Not good. there are times I'm sure you've had it with United. The times of Southampton, I'm like, oh, I don't even know what we're going to do mm-hmm. at this point. But I can't yeah. even imagine it being in this scale. Not at all. Where, Not at all. You know, the management turnover is outrageous. I mean, there's a list. There's a list of names here. Um, we said it on an episode not that recently. Like obviously before Ranieri, yeah. it was something ridiculous. Like there was there was one manager that was there for like four days or something, wasn't it? And yeah. It's like Oscar Garcia. So since since their owners, the Pozzo family, took over, they've had Sean Dyche, uh, Zola, Sanino, mm-hmm. Oscar Garcia, Billy McKinley, Jakanovic, Kike Sanchez Flores, Mazzari, Marco Silva, Javi Garcia. Uh, Kike Flores again, Nigel Pearson, yeah. Vladimir Ivic, Zisco Munez, Claudio Ranieri, and now Roy Hodgson. Yeah, and they tried, you know, you joked earlier, didn't you, in the group chat? You're like, is it Flores for the third stint? But the problem is, right? So let's say it doesn't go well for them. Let's say they stick on the trajectory, like we said earlier, and they probably go down. Hodgson doesn't go with them. He, he doesn't manage to do it. Um, who are they going to get realistically? They're probably going to look at getting someone from the championship that's taken a team fairly far or even somebody that gets relegated and then they're going to invest more cash in the team that they went down with to bring them in like you know you, uh, okay here you go for you here's a here's a community fc prediction i don't think it's actually going to happen but wouldn't this be funny we've, we've talked about managers that have managed them before what was the first name you mentioned on the list sean dyche i was waiting for you to say that so what about a burnley go down as well and sean dyche goes back there i actually think right i thought about this earlier if everton don't appoint anyone to the end of the season. I think they will, but if they don't, obviously I think Rooney, I, I said before, and I said I said months ago, that was my, I could see it happening. So actually that was, if that comes true, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the ball knowledge or, or foresight of that one. But actually, I think if they stayed up, Sean Dyche would be an absolute shout for the Everton job. I really do. Yeah. I think imagine what he could do when he got some money. Yeah. Like the, the owners are, you know, building this ridiculously crazy new stadium on the on the wharf. It looks amazing. Um, you know, they're going to invest in them. You know, if they had, uh, you know, Calvert-Lewin fully fit and all that kind of stuff and some of the true signings they have, I could see Sean Dyche doing absolute bits with them. So, but who knows? That's only predictions. But I just think um, that that's kind of all the points we had. I just think it's sad that there's another turnover. We both like Ranieri. Hasn't been given enough time, but like how many times are they going to see, you know, if Hodgson loses all the games, they're going to get rid of him? No, because they probably just sunk their battleship now, haven't they? And they've spent it all on that. Interesting gamble. to see how much, to, to learn how much money they've spent on the... Managers or a contract. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it'd be awful. It'd be horrendous amounts of money. Absolutely horrendous. Um, but that is kind of all we're going to talk about on, on Community FC this week. We, we you know, had a variety. It's been a bit of a quieter week um, in, in terms of everything, kind of news stories and, and traction on transfers and even and even the games themselves apart from on the weekend. Obviously, there's not any football um, coming up for the Premier League for another week. And then we go into the FA Cup and then we go back to the Prem. 
um so we might do an episode next week we're, we're still deciding on that we might do a special who knows it could even be the infamous var session um so you know if you want to be seeing that or definitely don't want to miss that then don't forget to hit that subscribe button down below uh, like the content if you like the new format that we're doing at the moment give us a comment or hit the notification bell because then you'll know when we put some videos up and also for all you lovely new audio listeners we have officially gone on to spotify so if you're listening out and about you don't have time to watch a full video on youtube or just don't want to look at both of us which you know fair enough if you don't want to i get that definitely <laughs> um we are now on spotify so um you can uh check us out on there obviously community fc same logos and everything on socials um give us a follow because then we know that you're going to be doing it and you get it sent to your feed obviously or it's in your podcast section um and if you do end up listening to some of the episode don't forget to give us a five star rating um because it helps more people get involved in the podcast and we hope that people are going to really like to do that medium because some people like to you know listen where they're driving out and about all sorts of stuff to so some people it's just an easier listen um so but we, we love the fact that we're coming to you on both youtube from a video podcast perspective and just straight audio from spotify so um yeah check us out give us a follow on all that good stuff and i just want to say thank you very much again rich for joining us not a problem thank you for having me as always no you're very welcome and we will see you all potentially next week and if not the week after when some more of the football is back have a good week everyone